The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. It's great to be here. This is the show that champions entrepreneurs. We're all about giving those people that have got enough guts to get out there and start up a business. We're about trying to give them a help along. It's for early stage businesses and in fact for all small business and we're heard around the world at the same time every week. And I want to thank you for making us the number one business radio show in the world for entrepreneurs. A couple of weeks ago, I did a segment called Bob's Little Thought for the Day, sayings that might help the world be a better place. Today, I've got another three for you. The first one is, never deprive someone of hope. It may be all they have. The second one, you know, people come to me every day looking for funds for their business. So I thought this saying was pretty apt. When starting out, Don't worry about not having enough money. Limited funds are a blessing, not a curse. Nothing encourages creative thinking quite the same way as being absolutely broke. It really does make you think about how you go about things. And my final Bob's little thought for the day is instead of using the word problem, which should be absolutely banished from the dictionary, use the words opportunity or perhaps challenge. If you have a look at any document I've ever written, the word problem does not occur anywhere. So I'll try to bring you three more next week. Now, there's been some interesting news this week. It was revealed that Apple had considered a number of names for their smartphone before they settled on iPhone. So in addition to iPhone, Apple considered Telepod, Moby, Tripod, and iPad. Well, none of them have the same ring, do they, for the phone as iPhone. Now, they considered calling the device Telepod because it sounded like a futuristic twist to the word telephone. The pod part of the name also makes sense in context of Apple's then extraordinarily popular iPod line of music players. So Telepod was considered, didn't get through. Moby. Now, this name, of course, is a play on the word mobile. 
and the short and shortened version of mobile seems to be a creative name and and Moby has a bit of personality about it. It sounds like a real person, but it didn't make the cut either. Tripod was the one that they really thought hard about and it stems from the iPhone being a combination phone and iPod and internet communication device. So this name received really serious consideration. It nearly became a tripod. And then, of course, there was iPad. So while the iPad ended up being the name for Apple's tablet, the name was also under consideration for the smartphone. Steve Jobs previously revealed that Apple worked on the tablet long before they got to the iPhone, but ended up prioritising the iPhone in its long-term product roadmap. So there you go. We could have been asking for the Moby or the tripod. Personally, I'm pretty happy that they ended up calling it the iPhone. Somehow, it just seems like the absolutely perfect name. Now, there's, there's also some very interesting developments in the online shopping and delivery space with Google and Amazon really going head-to-head. Google is secretly preparing to launch an Amazon Prime competitor called Google Shopping Express. Apparently, the service will be 10 to $15 cheaper than Amazon Prime, about 70 bucks a year, and offers same-day delivery from bricks-and-mortar stores like Target and Walmart and Walgreens and Safeway and all of those. When and if it launches, but word is that it will, the product will be a competitor to Amazon Prime, eBay Now, Postmates Get It Now, and even smaller startups like Instacart. Google Shopping Express is an effort to focus Google's e-commerce initiatives. Google Wallet and Google Shopping, you know, they need a focal point and serving as the store's shelf to big-name retailers could be the way for them to get in. Google's been scrambling for a way to capitalise on its advantage in this space. In fact, it's arguably one of the first places people visit when they want to find a product. So when the Google Shopping Express service debuts, it would mean that the company could capitalise on its recent acquisitions of both Bufferbox and Channel Intelligence to absolutely dominate the online to offline retail market. Google could possibly use its Bufferbox delivery lockers to facilitate the ease of shipment. Amazon's been testing something very similar in Seattle, New York, and in the UK. It could use Channel Intelligence's data management platform to coordinate sales and delivery. Ordering and receiving the same day really changes the shopping dynamic. I wonder how Facebook gets into the game and begins to monetize and leverage that phenomenal customer base of of its. There's a billion people there, so it's going to be an interesting space. Now, I'm still receiving inquiries from people who want to know who the company was that provided me such dreadful service that I discussed a couple of weeks ago. I did say that if the issue was not resolved very quickly, then I would tell the world who they were. I must admit that I've not been back to that house since, 
So I haven't been able to get it fixed. It remains unresolved, but this time it isn't the fault of the company. I just haven't been there. But when I get back there, hopefully it will be fixed. I'm still receiving emails with complaints of dreadful service following on from the comments and the examples I gave last week. I got this one from Amanda. Bob, I thought you might like this. I was checking out at Walmart with my elderly mum and I had my small kids in tow. A pair of $8 shoes I was buying rang up for $10. I questioned the clerk on the price, at which time she said, no, they rang up for $10. You can go back there and check it yourself. I wasn't about to do that, so I just settled for the $10. When I got home and I pulled the shoes out of the box, the actual price tag on the shoes said $8. I was right. Next day, I went back to customer service and was waited on by the same checkout person who said, that wasn't my fault, it was the cash register. I can't help you. I had to find the store manager to get the issue resolved. How pathetic is that? It is pretty pathetic, but I actually think it probably happens a lot. I think if we all checked our um, our receipts when we walked out of a store, I think there might be a whole bunch of times when things get rung up wrongly. And uh, depending on the store, and I'm not sticking up for a dopey shopping shop clerk, but um, I think there's probably instances where the register reads whatever it reads, the barcodes or whatever, and uh, does give you a, a false reading. But nevertheless, I agree, it's pathetic, and somebody like Walmart should know a lot better. Here's another one, this one from Kate. Bob, there was a charge on my Citibank MasterCard from a vendor who renewed my $400 membership without asking me. I spoke with the vendor, I spoke with the vendor, and they agreed to send me a credit. Sorry, I read that wrong. I'll do it again. Some of this is hard to read. I spoke with the vendor, and he agreed to spend a credit into the credit card company for the charge. Since the credit card bill was due in 15 days, I called the credit card company to ensure that I wouldn't have to pay the 400 bucks up front and then have to get it credited back later. The customer service representative went into this long, drawn-out script answer. I started to speak. I asked to speak with a supervisor, and after waiting on hold, the supervisor started another scripted answer. I said, look, I'm a really busy person and I just want a simple, direct answer. The supervisor said, I'm sorry you called when you were busy. We are open 24 hours a day. Call some other time. (laughs) I stopped using that card. I don't blame you, Kate. I will not give my money to a company whose representatives communicate sarcastically and blame me for their slow, scripted service. (laughs) at least you got to speak to a real person (laughs) how often do you phone and you get either somebody who can't speak English that's 12,000 miles away or and with great respect to my my good friend who does these things you get an avatar jeez what's happening but thank you Kate that was very well said you know I frequently get uh, marketing and business plans where All of the company's marketing is done online and these people think that 
because they've got a Facebook page and a Twitter account. They do email newsletters and a website that's, you know, optimized for search engines and, and they've got it mobile, they've got the mobile marketing pegged. That is all they need. But even if you have all that, it's really imperative that you don't forget good old fashioned offline promotion. Marketing firm iProspect found that two thirds of online searches are driven by information obtained offline. These, so that might come as a surprise to many that have grown up on the web and are largely web focused, but 66% of information obtained offline is still an extremely strong data point. So what lessons should you draw from that? Well, you need to ensure that, you know, you've got your email address, website, social media information on all of your marketing materials, online and offline, including, you know, things like business cards and brochures and flyers and invoices and product packaging, even on the side of the back of your company vehicle or perhaps even on your private car. The more you get it out there, the more people will remember it. And try to make your product names and your consumer purchasing benefit powerful and catchy and memorable, memorable enough so that people remember them when they go search. You know, advertising, direct mail, trade shows, conferences, networking events and any other public appearances you can think of can also generate interest and leads and build your brand. So you need to get out there and establish yourself as an expert and promote your brand in the process. You need to be as active offline as you are online. I was just mentioning um, a second ago how valuable it can be to have yourself perceived as an expert because people are more likely to trust you and therefore deal with a trusted expert than someone who's not. So how do you become an expert? Media appearances can certainly help. Harrow, H-A-R-O, which is an acronym for help a reporter out, and Profnet, P-R-O-F-N-E-T, are two places to look for opportunities where you can be quoted. You can sign up on both these sites as a source on your subject and have queries from reporters sent directly to your inbox. If you can write, you know, if you're good at putting words together and have something to say about your industry, a non-paying column in a local paper or on a relevant website is a great way to begin to establish yourself as an expert. A book is also another great way to establish your credentials, although they're bloody hard to write, having written five of them. I've got to say they're a pain in the ass, but they do get you fantastic exposure. And I know in the process of writing Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, pretty good place for a plug, huh? Then um, I learnt a hell of a lot because you've got to do an awful lot of research to, um, to pull them together. So expert opinions, product reviews, white papers on your website, all of those things can attract a more general audience and that will hopefully people get people to think of you when it's time to buy. 
events or another way to build a name for yourself. Um, the free local luncheon could be, you know, could bring in potential customers because people who go to those things are probably ready to buy or at least they're interested in what you've got to say. Finally, you know, to be thought of an expert, you need to be aware of what's going on and trends and potential changes in, in government legislation, all of that stuff. Now, the broader your knowledge is, the broader your potential customer base will be. So staying on top of trends in your industry, but it will help, it, you know, it's going to help your business as much as it will help make you look like an expert. Now, don't forget that this program is all about you, the entrepreneur, the small business person that is listening to the show, looking for tips on how to be more successful. This is what we are here for. We live for it. We love it. This whole show is dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs. So if you have a question, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. My new newsletter for this month for, for March is just out and I can't think what the topic is just off the top of my head, but it has just been released. It's starting to go out to people now. It goes out to about 16,000 business executives around the world and it goes out to, I think, 2,900 or so speakers bureau people. So it, it gets a world a wide berth and this month we're also going to add some 2,500 potential investors to that list. So it gets good coverage. If you're not on the list for the Bob Pritchard newsletter for March, then um, go to my website, www.bobpritchard.com, and get yourself on the list, and we will make sure we get it out to you. I'm Bob Pritchard, and my guest in the next segment is a friend of mine and a neighbour, just lives up the road from me here in um, Woodland Hills. He's worked with Madonna, Prince, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind and Fire, and a whole bunch of others, um, Quincy Jones, and to name just a few of them, he's a hell of a good guy. Went out and saw him play out at the Crystal Cathedral last Sunday. It was great. But in addition to that, he is a phenomenal business speaker. So Freddie Ravel will join me in just a moment. You're listening to the number one sh show in the world for entrepreneurs, the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. 
Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people. You know, people that have enjoyed great success and are really making a difference out there. You know, there are so many amazingly talented people in this world and you know I love to speak with them because they have so much that they can teach me and all of us and my aim in these interviews is to try and find out what are the characteristics of these people that makes them great what's that one defining thing that um, gives them the ability to be so successful and then how each of us can learn from that. My guest today is an amazing talent. I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine and we actually live in the same suburb of Los Angeles. Freddie Ravel is a Grammy-nominated music producer, a composer and a musician and he began his career performing worldwide with Sergio Mendes when he was only 23 years old. Now since then Freddie's worked with people including El Giro, Madonna, Prince, Quincy Jones, Stevie Wonder, Boston Pops, Earth, Wind and Fire. The list goes on and on. Okay, so the guy's a superstar. He's up there with all the greats. But there's a hell of a lot more to this guy, I found out, with enthusiastic endorsements from people like Deepak Chopra, the legendary Jack Canfield, who all of us in business know, and organisations such as Apple and NASA and Dozens and dozens more. Freddie absolutely mesmerises corporate audiences with a brilliant presentation. I mean, we've all seen a million business presentations, including mine. And they're all the same, really, aren't they? I mean, some of us, like me, are funnier than others and, you know, we got a lot going for us. But Freddie's is different. Freddie uses music to relate back to business emphasise with a bit of rock and roll to show people how to build their business. Freddie, the true meaning of edutainment. And Freddie reveals that music is the perfect metaphor for the dynamics of change, collaboration and success. Hi, mate. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well, greetings, Bob. It's always great to be with you. So how are you? Uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it, life could not be better. I'm filled, first and foremost, I'm just filled with a lot of gratitude. I'm always very grateful for, for every day, and uh, today is no exception. Yeah, it's a good day. I just had breakfast with a friend of yours, as a matter of fact. Um, with your Tune Up to Success program, you've turned music into an intuitive, multitasking power tool for how we work and engage by relating music, melody, harmony, rhythm, and the overall score 
to various facets of business. Mate, can you just explain to us how this works in a broad sense of business, and then we can get down to some of the specifics? Absolutely. My pleasure, Bob, and thanks for laying it out. You just laid out the ba- the basic structure of music, and one of the mantras I like to share with, uh, with audiences is that the structure of music is the structure of success. And here's what I mean by that. You know, music is made up of, of basically four elements. The first piece is melody. The second one is harmony. The third is rhythm. And the fourth one is called the score. And the reason I have it in that order and we present it in this order is because, you know, Bob, if I ask you, you know, how does, you know, how does a song like New York, New York go? If I ask you that, my bet is you're going to go, yeah, you're going to sing the melody to me, right? And the melody is the identity of a song. Pretty much you ask anybody how any song goes, and they come back to, they always sing you the melody. Now, if you think about it, the melody of any piece of music expresses the vision of the song. Right. It expresses the message, the purpose, the passion. It, it carries the DNA of the song. So this is what a melody does. Now, if you think about uh, the, the harmony, the harmony provides a support to the melody. And um, it gives the chordal reference so that the melody has meaning. So harmony is somewhat of a supportive aspect of music. And then rhythm is the driver. Rhythm is the drummer. And it has everything to do with the timing and the tempo and the pacing that frames melody and harmony. And then finally, when all of those three elements come together, Bob, you arrive at a thing called the score. Uh, which is really like synergy, the, where the where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. And that, in a nutshell, Bob, is how melody, harmony, and rhythm equal the score. And uh, it's just a very clean way of looking at the basic, broad view of music. Okay. Now, All right. Relate back to business. Okay. So here we go. Now here's the other side. So we 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 mentioned that the melody is the expression of a vision. If you think about any business, any entrepreneur from the small time, one or two men, you know, mom and pop shop, all the way to, up to the gigantic corporation, both entities all the way have to have a vision for their products and their services. Absolutely. They have to have an end goal in everything they do. So the everything they talk about that has to do with the vision of their company is the melody. If a business is music, the vision is the melody. Okay. All right? So that's it. Now, the melody, remember, the melody is what the consumer or your clients, now I'm talking to the business person now, it's what the, it is what your consumers or your clients are hearing at first blush. It makes the first impression. You know, uh, when Apple went out there and said, how are we going to, say, you know, sing our melody, we're going to go with something like think different or or Toyota is going to say always low prices or Microsoft is going to say your passion, our purpose. In other words, they have these little mantras that they put out there that are designed to hook you and, 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 and in a very quick, short amount of time, give you their vision. That's the melody. Okay. Is that leadership as well? I mean, that's, 
in absolutely because well, uh, who, if you think about it, who's the person? You know, Jeff Bezos, for example, right at Amazon. He's the guy who stands up and expresses the vision of Amazon, and he, of course, is the CEO. Yeah. So uh, you're absolutely right, Bob. It is the leaders, the CEOs, or the top executive people of a company that are expressing the melody. <laughs> Ideally, they're singing the melody, and I, I mean that almost literally. I mean they're singing it with a tone of such belief, passion, that they believe that what they're doing is of such value and benefit to their public and to their customers that customers hear it loud and clear. And the best CEOs, the Howard Schultz's at Starbucks or Jeff Abe's or, or uh, you know, the Richard Bramson's are very good at making their vision sing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. So, first, right? So that concept, if everyone kind of, kind of wrap your, your head around the idea that a vision has to sing, you can already see how music can be intertwined with the most basic aspects of corporations. So now we got a vision, right, Bob? Now let's look over at what supports the vision. And what always supports the vision is where harmony steps in. This is, this is your team. This is your management. And the basic concept of harmony is that harmony is collaboration with purpose. Right. All right? Uh, harmony is collaboration with purpose. Once that concept is there, a leader knows that he's got a team to back him up. All right? And then, finally, the third piece, and this is the big one, this is the one kind of where most businesses really kind of drop the ball, and it is where rhythm steps in. Now, rhythm, if you think about rhythm as time and subdividing time, uh, that's really what rhythm is, you know. Uh, it's if I'm going, I'm singing kind of a hip-hop groove. It's at about 90 beats per minute. It's funky. It feels good. But just what I sang just now, there's about four seconds of time subdivided in a, spe in a specific feel that makes it feel hip-hop, right? Well, what if we were to expand that to be five minutes of time, and as you listen to that, it made your head bob up and down. It allowed your brain to focus on specific tasks that helped you stay up, optimistic, and effective. Well, now we've applied rhythm to your melody, which is your vision, your harmony, which is the other people in your life that you interface with or, and the team that supports you, and we've put rhythm. And what's beautiful about rhythm is that it, it's how you accomplish things across time. Um, and, and Duke Ellington wrote, Duke Ellington wrote a very famous song about the consequences of, of not having your rhythm together. He had a great melody. He had a great harmony. But the title of the song, is about the rhythm not showing up, and it's called It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing. swing. Yep. <laughs> okay. And it really means, you know, it, the concept there is that you could be, you could have a great business with great vision and, and, a, and a great desire for your products and services to happen, and you could have a great team that's helping that happen, but if you're not, if you're missing all your delivery dates, if you're missing the deadlines yes. again and again and again, 
it means that you need a new drummer in your organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, in a way, it's kind of more like, you know, you know how we say content is king and distribution is queen? Yes. Uh, rhythm, is a, rhythm is the distribution. Okay. Yeah, I've got so you got me, and then of course. So now, now, assuming you've got your delivery and your rhythm is in place, when that all comes together, you have success. And 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 success is the is the equivalent of the score. When you have melody, harmony, rhythm, and you arrive at the score, well, then on the other side, you've got vision, collaboration, and time management, and you arrive at success. And you've, you've got a smooth, flowing, totally coordinated business strategy and structure. Okay. There it is. And, 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 and Bob, I believe that, all, that, that your audience, all the people that listen to the great work you do, bringing business people together, is really about how do we make the world a win-win paradigm? How do we, not only how do we sell stuff and make good business, but ultimately how do we serve each other? is always the bottom line of everything. I mean, the return on investment is really the return on, on, the, on, the, good, on the good that you bring the world and the benefits you bring your clients and customers. Yep. And that is a score that uh, is, is so beautiful that it parallels the greatest symphonies in the world and the greatest music in the world. And, and I, that's why I've always seen business as something that could be harmonic prosperity, if you will. Yeah. Everybody wants to listen to it, so therefore they do business with you. It makes a lot of sense. Now, okay, you've got, I've read some of your reviews. You've got incredible reviews from corporations and organizations as, di as diverse as Morgan Stanley and NASA. And, you know, I've done a lot of work for Morgan Stanley and done a lot of presentations for Morgan Stanley, and they've always been a great audience that they said to you, Freddie's valuable lessons were implemented immediately. I don't ever remember them walking out of one of my, one of my presentations saying, geez, we're going to do that now. Um, <laughs> and so take me through a Freddie presentation to a room full of businessmen. You, you're in there with a room full of 400 people. Um, is it the all singing, all dancing? What? Give me a feel of what a, a presentation by Freddie to a business audience is like? Well, the, the, the very first part is kind of tricky to do on a, uh, tricky to do on a phone interview, uh, but imagine a nine-and-a-half-foot contragram piano or, depending on the crowd, I even have a keyboard that I strap around my neck, <laughs> you know, that, that's a bit more rock and roll. But depending on the audience, let's say a Morgan Stanley crowd, I'm going to envision, let's say, people in suits and ties all buttoned up, yep. nine o'clock in the morning, at a ballroom at a big hotel, let's say in, in New York, something like this. Yep, um, right. This is a pretty. This is what you would call, you know, a tough crowd, right? Yep. Because and they're all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's like you know, what are you going to show me? Kind of yeah. attitude from them, arms crossed. <laughs> show me something I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Well, first and foremost, uh, you you know, I know that I'm going in to. Um, a mindset that uh, has that attitude, okay? But I have to tell you that, you know, underneath the suits, you know, there's a heartbeat. I mean, we all we all started, we all have a 76 beat per minute approximate heartbeat, and um, we're all drummers internally just by using that as a as a tool. Okay. So how do you know? I I, I know that I'm going for alignment 
with that heart and soul of each of those people in that audience. So that's my mindset. I, I begin with that mindset, and I also begin with the mindset that I'm about to use the world's undisputed international language to communicate. Right. So that, that begins everything. I don't even... Uh, I know that I'm going to use some tools that uh, are going to get to their emotional quotient, uh, not just their intelligence quotient. Yes, yep. All right? Yep. We're going to go after their heart. We're going to go after that. So the first thing I do is we start off with music. We give the sense that, there is a, that they're at a concert. Right. And, and, and frankly, we, we, we rock out. <laughs> I mean, in, two, in about a minute and a half, they're on their feet. And there's there's loud applause, and I haven't even said a word yet. Yeah. So I need some that, of what you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're, you know, we we got to team up on some things, Bob. I know we'd have a great time, but you just, you know, first and foremost, I mean, by the way, what I'm saying is what's been done in churches for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know. Before the preacher comes up, he makes sure that he's got his choir and the organ and the gospel and the groove completely, uh, you know, getting everyone behind him. Because those people know, that, you know, almost better than any other institution, that you got to have your music going on before you can even deliver the words. Yeah. So, and they need to connect. I'm, because, I'm, 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 they yeah. need to connect because they're going to ask people for money somewhere down the line here. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And if you give them a great song, there's going to be a lot more cash in the plate when it's all over, right? Exactly. <laughs> So, so you, so uh, you know, I began this entire journey with Tune Up to Success with the mindset that we are using racket fuel for humanity. I, my view on music is that it's not just an art form; that it's a multitasking power tool that can help us be more effective. And the main thing that I I, I need to really emphasize to your listeners is that um, the word listen, L-I-S-T-E-N, is really silent when you mix, when you play those letters around. You can take S-I-L-E-N-T, and you have the same letters as L-I-S-T-E-N. And I talk a lot about the fact that listening is one of those silent skills that we never really get taught in school, you know, They'll teach us everything about trigonometry and quantum physics and, and all kinds of abstract stuff, but listening, the art of listening, is such a needed skill, and there's many reasons why it's so needed, but um, you know, we speak at about 150 words a minute. Our minds go at 600 to 1,000 words a minute, so you say anything to a colleague, you say anything to a customer, and it's highly likely that their brain is thinking of four to six times faster than anything you're saying to them. And if you understand how to slowly or, or, or methodically deliver messages and listen to people, you'll become an extraordinary salesperson, you'll become an extraordinary CEO, you'll become more effective in everything you do. And so this is a big piece of what I'm doing. So, uh, uh, again, you asked me to walk you through. You start off as a concert, and then you present music as the multitasking power tool, and almost everyone agrees with that one. Yeah. And then you show them that melody is linked to the linked to leadership, but you do this with a piano. 
yeah. and then you and then you show them how their teams are really a form of harmony. And then you also talk about dissonance, and I think it's really important to talk about dissonance, Bob. Um, dissonance means that um, you know it must be a lot. It's going to happen. Stuff's yeah. going to happen. Yes. We're going to have a rub. There's going to be a challenge. And it's, it, and, and it's actually how do you deal with dissonance so that it makes you stronger? You know, the bamboo bur- uh, bending in the wind. How does, you know, the bamboo gets stronger with the wind forcing it to bend, and the bamboo is better for the wind, right? We're yeah. better for the dissonance. The dissonance, without dissonance, we don't grow. And music has a beautiful way of, of demonstrating dissonance and resolution, and I do that a lot with the piano. Okay. Um, by illustrating that. And then finally, uh, we talk about timing and rhythm, and this is where the Morgan Stanley financial people really embrace this because I tell those folks that they are the drummers of the world. Right. Like that. <laughs> and I love this one, Bob, because, you know, we don't say, we don't say melody makes the world go around, we don't say harmony makes the world go around, but we definitely say money makes the world go around. And the reason that is, is the moment you put money on the table, if you say, okay, here's a here's $500,000, I want this done in seven weeks. Well, now, all of a sudden, the parameters, the amount of work that it's going to take, the, the different kinds of people it will take to complete a task, will come to the fore because there's been money put on the table and a deadline. Yes. And all of a sudden, we know that that's going to take us 120 beats per minute to achieve that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the drummer has shown up. So money is and, and, and currency and commitment and integrity and promises kept because that all revolves around the energy of money. Does money when all that comes together, that, that's, that's, that's when you achieve, the, achieve success. I'm yet to see, I've got to say, I'm yet to see money and integrity go hand in hand pretty much anywhere, but I understand what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what we need to emphasize is that just because you get the payment doesn't mean that there was integrity behind the whole thing, but, you know, I think what I'm trying to say is that when you do have a deadline and you have to put a team together, um, you know, what I'm speaking to is execution, I think is a better word. Yeah, no, I appreciate what you're saying. Freddie, thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Um, I really you're welcome. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about Freddie Ravel, you can either join us on our carpool next Saturday when we go to metal, or you can go to Freddie Ravel, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-A-V-E-L dot com. He's a great guy. It makes a lot of sense, so if you're planning on having a conference and you're sick of the same old business speakers like me, give Freddie a call. He will uh, really liven up your event and get a very powerful message through to your team. I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show in just a couple of minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible 
Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Business Show. And I'm coming to you this week from my hometown here in Los Angeles. Now, last week we talked about how important it is to have great salespeople on your team and the characteristics that leading salespeople possess. I said that of all the people on your team, the people that you don't want to try to cut corners on or save money on are your salespeople. They're the people that bring in the revenue day after day, week after week. They provide great competitor intelligence because they're out there talking to the buyer, the horse's mouth, and they keep a pipeline of contacts and potential sales to enable you to grow into the future. Now, the difference between the performance of an excellent salesperson and someone who just knocks on doors can be enormous, as a number of our emails this week testified. John from Thousand Oaks, California, has only one salesperson, and Alex, the guy's had for many years, was bringing in an average of $285,000 in sales per month. Now, John's in the printing business, which is pretty competitive, and his margins on some jobs can be pretty slim. But nevertheless, he was doing okay at 285000 in sales. Alex decided to retire and leave the company, and John started looking around for a replacement. He interviewed a guy who had a great track record and was really enthusiastic, but he was $45,000 a year more expensive. And that was on the base rate, nearly double. And he also wanted a 10% higher commission than Alex was getting. But John just had a gut feeling that this new guy could make a big difference. So he decided to bite the bullet and go for it, knowing that it'd be a stretch, but he could always replace him if it didn't work out. John says it worked out spectacularly. Alan's first month sales, despite being new to the business, was over 300000 And this is more than Alex was bringing in, and Alex had been there for, I don't know how many years, but many years. Within three months, Alan's sales were over 500000 almost double the amount that he was satisfied getting from Alex. The company's grown very substantially, profits have grown, and John says it was the best decision he ever made. So... 
it's really worth investing in the best salespeople you can get. Okay, here's another one. Um, when you speak all over the world, like I do, you realise that during question time, when everybody um, gets an opportunity to ask anything they want, the questions are pretty much all the same. So, you know, the questions that I get when I speak in Moscow, or I was just in Iran for a tour not long ago, um, you get the same questions in Iran, in Isfahan. Um, I was talking to groups of MBA students and, uh, you know, mixed groups, boys and girls, men and women, I guess, and uh, the same questions that you'd get speaking in Los Angeles. They're no different. Business is business, no matter where it is in the world. And so I think that's one of the reasons that this segment is so popular because it does apply to anybody and everybody, no matter where you are, no matter whether you're a big company either or a little company. Now, my next email is from Janine Jackson from Santa Ana in California. Janine's email reads, Dear Bob, thanks for a great program. I listen every week and I thoroughly enjoyed it. My question concerns a SWOT analysis. That's interesting. Janine, because I've been going to talk on how to do a proper SWOT analysis, I've been going to do that for quite some time. I might actually do it next week. Um, let's see how it goes. But a SWOT analysis is it's really important for everybody that's in business to be able to conduct a SWOT analysis and really get the most out of it, and that's hard. Anyway, back to Janine's email. My accountant told me that I should do one with my staff in order to capture a snapshot of where my company stands today and what it needs to do in the future. I really don't know anything about a SWOT analysis, and I thought you may be to help me work out what I need to do. Okay, Janine, you know, I'm not big on taking advice from accountants except for financial advice. I usually find that accountants and lawyers are um, dream takers. They usually give you 515 reasons why you shouldn't do something and very few reasons why you should. And... Uh, I'm a born optimist, so I'll always have a go and I'll always bite off more than I can chew and chew like hell. So accountants and people with that wear grey suits, grey ties and have grey minds don't really um, appeal to me a great deal. However, in this case, he happens to be right. The best way to objectively review your business is to use a SWOT analysis. Now, for those of you who don't know, it's an assessment of your strengths, which is the S, weaknesses, which is the W, Opportunities, which is the O, and threats, which is the T. A SWOT, it memorialises all the information about your business at a point in time in one place so that then you can readily analyse it. And this information is absolutely critical when you're planning your business future. I've done a million SWOT analysis. It's, it's really good to have a professional guy. I've got a guy in Australia that I use um, who is really fantastic. I use him in Australia. I don't use him here in the US, but and he is just great at being able to extract information um, from the participants and really get them to own up to stuff. You know, it, it's, it's not an exercise in getting hundreds of pages of information. It's just a precise and concise list of issues. And, and then you'll want to discuss each of these issues in 
detail at some later date. But all you want to do in the SWOT analysis is just identify what they are. Now, when you're working on your SWOT, you want to include as many people in the business as possible. The more, the merrier. You know, maybe I've had SWOTs up to 20 people. Um, And, uh, you know, you really want to have, if you're a reasonable size company, a minimum of eight. So what you do is you list all of the things that you believe represent the strengths of your business. Now, this is this could include your turnaround time. It might be a dynamic sales team, your brand's well-known, etc. all the things you've really got going for you. Now, when you've exhausted that list, you start to list all the things that you perceive as weaknesses. This could be lack of capital for improvements, you know, not enough space to perform properly, poor marketing strategies, could be a whole bunch of things. Now, once you've exhausted that list, then you tackle listing the opportunities that you have available. And this might include rapid growth in demand of your product or service. It could be new patents that your competitor can't match. Or you might have a highly competitive manufacturing system, for example. Then finally you address the threats to your business. Now, this could, this could include changing consumer practices. You know, you might be selling um, um, toxic fertilizer and people are going green. So that's a threat to your business. Um, government regulation can be a threat to your business. You know, you could be um, making a highly pollutant fuel and the government turns around and says, from now on, zero emissions. So even fluctuating currency issues, depending on whether you're importing product or exporting product, um, they can be a threat to your business. But the most critical thing you've got to do is get honest feedback, both positive and negative. So you've got to have staff that are prepared to stand up and says, this is a major issue that we have to face. Um, And once it's complete, you leave the room and no matter what's been said, it's over. So if somebody's bagged your management style because they think that's a weakness, then you walk into that room and you eat it because it's for the good of the company. So then at a later time, you need to sit down and address each of those issues and determine how to maximise the strengths and the opportunities and how you minimise the weaknesses and the threats and then you're able to move the company forward. And if everybody that's participating in the meeting is totally honest, then you get a really good picture of where the company is and uh, how it could get to where it wants to go. Janine, thanks for your comments. I really appreciate your email. A copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, which is my latest best-selling book, that's on its way to you tomorrow morning. My second email comes from Robert Hutchinson from Boston, Massachusetts, and Robert writes, Dear Bob, thanks for your show. I really enjoy listening to it each week. I don't really have a question. Okay. I wanted to know if you knew about a fantastic new mobile branding tool. This sounds like an ad and a promotion, but here goes. Parworks, I think it's Parworks, I guess it is, P-A-R Works, has developed the first 3D recognition technology that will take mobile branding to a new level 
because it lets companies give consumers access to content by simply taking a photograph. Customers can walk into a store, take a photo, and at their fingertips have a host of information to content provided by a manufacturer and a brand. Um, or they can be on the street, see something they like, take a picture and access information all through an app. And the company, that's PAR Works, is looking for innovative ways to use this technology and is running a contest to find either the best app or the best idea. Thanks, Bob. I hope you read this on air. Keep up the good work. Well, I did read it. Thanks for your email. I looked up where PAR Works is located, and suspiciously, they're located in Boston, the same place that Robert's located. So, however, while he's probably giving his employer a plug, it is interesting information. And, Robert, I'm sending you out a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets as well. The next email was from Cork in Ireland, and I'll read that next week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're pleased to have been bringing you this show since 2011. It's a heap of fun bringing it to you each week. I thoroughly enjoy it. And I'll be with you at the same time next week, no matter where you are in the world, to address the critical issues that affect small business everywhere. Don't forget, if you are not getting my monthly uh, newsletter, the newsletter is out this week. It is going out to, I don't know, 20-odd thousand people or something. It's a ripper. It's a really good article and one that you really should know about. Customer service. It's about customer service. So don't miss it. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard. No bullshit business radio show for entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope that you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.